Broadcasting live from sunny South Florida, this is KMA Talk Radio. Life, liberty, and the pursuit of fine cigars. Your KMA crew, the Italian scallion, Paul DeGracco, Alex Tavella, a.k.a. The Goat, and always telling it like it is, Honest Abe. I like to smoke them like the Winston Churchill, like Trump. Good morning to all our loyal listeners, libertarians, and lovers of the leaves. This is Honest Abe, and we are broadcasting from sunny South Florida live this morning, episode number 491. Holy cow, 491. Well, I'm, as always, I'm here with my trusted sidekicks, the man they call the goat, Alex Tavella, and the man who is always teaser and rumor-free, William the Scoop Cooper. Dude, we got nine episodes before 500. I know. I had I had to make a judgment call, too, for last week, because even though technically it was a new, fresh episode, we weren't actually on, so I didn't count it. Good. That bought us a week. Bought us a week. Yeah. Oh, bought us a week. Wow. We gotta, we, it's like we got to start working on it like this week. Yeah. 500. Oh, yeah. Good. Big milestone. Got to do milestone. something. Oh, man. That's like two months, two and a half months, right. three months. Right. Probably mid-June. Wow. All right. Well, we got to figure it out because June, let's see, am I doing traveling in June? Yeah, I'm going to do a little traveling in June. So I got to figure it out. Uh, kids, summer break. We're going to get out of the way early because we got PCA in the middle. I was going to say because you got PCA in July. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's why we're going to get it. Who did we have for 400? We had JD, right? Yeah. Jason Drew was 400 episode, right? I don't know. They're blurred in my head. Yeah, Jonathan yes. was 400. And then. Was that, was that when we were at JC Newman? No, JC Newman was what tenth anniversary. Oh, tenth anniversary. Jonathan okay. Drew was four hundred thirds. Yeah, three hundred I think was in Alfreda, Georgia. Yes. Two hundred was at Borshewitz's place. Mm-hmm. And one hundred was here. Brian Brian Lewis addressing me about your club in the middle of a KMA broadcast. It's, it, the boundaries he has no limits, bro. <laughs> no limits. He was messaging me on vacation about stuff, and I'm like, okay, dude. I'll, I'll see you when I get back. He asked me Thursday. I said, text me in the morning when I'm at work. And he texts me at like 6 p.m. I know. I know. Anyway. They make they make medication for that. Yes. Yes. They yes. Make we, we love you, Brian. But yeah, they make medication. Wow. All right, man. I, I, I literally just landed late last night. And yeah. we had a late night. Yep. And we had a late night uh, kicking off a, a great first Friday event in our West Palm store, bringing it back to life. It was good to see everybody dressed up. I had to buy white clothes. Even Alex was in white. White shirt. It was white. It was white. I didn't expect I didn't expect you to uh to, to actually have white, but you were white. You were white. You you're wait, you're right, Sean. You're right. I six PM is probably morning for Brian Lewis. You're absolutely right. I, I should have realized that. <laughs> Cooper, yes, sir. Is that a blue Phillies hat? Or yeah, it, it is a oh. blue Phillies hat, gray and blue. Is that, is that a yeah. new trend? Um, you know, Bear bought me this hat actually, and and 
a lot of these, like lately, these caps are like taking on a life of their own where they're making all these variations of different colors yeah. caps right now. Um, he bought me this last year for, or as a Father's Day gift. Um, and it's, a, I like, you like the hat. Normally, I'm normally a, a standard baseball cap guy with the colors, but this one's pretty cool. It's it a nice. the shirt, too. Yes. Yeah. Yes. You know, Philly shit the bed opening day, but that's okay. Oh, man. It don't even get me. I, I don't even, you know, that, I said that that Soto guy was going to be a disaster, too. And everyone told me I was wrong. And just I want to be that guy and blame the pitch clock adjustment, but I, I can't, mean, you, you can't. Know, you, you can't. can't. You can't. You can't. Nine, can't nine no, yeah. No. And uh, what was worse is that game was in Texas in Bears' hometown as well. So um, even though he's a Red Sox fan. So coming off their last devastating loss in Texas. Yeah. Yep. I know exactly. It's just Texas hasn't been kind to us. No, no, no. So if, uh, I was going to say, if any of our fans are no noticing, we're a frame short. Today. Oh yeah, yeah. We are a frame short. You know, and it's so it's it's it's, it's so <laughs> because I actually put in the show outline. I had to adjust today because it literally was like, Paul made it two episodes in a row, and sure enough, Paul. Well. Did. Not you know, it's funny because he puts we have a KMA group chat for all of us. Right. And he, what, what he texts yesterday morning, yesterday morning, 11 a.m. He goes, do we have a show this week? Yeah. And my response was literally, well, we do. Well, and yeah. Then, with a, and then wait, he comes back. What time was it? 9.56. At 9.56 p.m. With some so about tomorrow. <laughs> my wife informs me that I volunteered to work some spring fair three months ago. Blah 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 blah. Right, and you wonder why we bust this guy's balls. Right, I mean, I I I don't even know what to say. So yes, no Paul this morning. Not that that's a uh, out of the ordinary. I don't. I think he's done one show in the last three I months. Think, I, you know, it's funny because I just had Duffy. If any of you watched the virtual. KMA and caught any of the breaks. The breaks were kind of funny this year. Yeah. We had we had our good friend Duffy out of Chicago, who's kind of the voice of uh, the Great Smoke and Love that guy's voice. Oh, he's great and yeah, KMA deep voice. Yeah. So we had him redo it because we want to redo our intro. It's been a while now, and we got new guests. And I'm almost tempted to remail him and just put and special guests this week, Paul DeGracco. Oh, literally. I really want to. I want to send him to add one more line, so that should be the entry to our show. <laughs> I'm not even sure Paul qualifies to be a regular host. Anymore. He is. He's like a. He's like a special guest, yeah. special need, cameo appearance. Right. We need to start calling him a contributor. He's yeah. a contributor. Yeah. Here's why I think he deserves to be busted on this. If you volunteered for this, if he said he, if you volunteered for this on a Saturday morning, wouldn't you like like inform us like that? Hey, just you know, I have these things coming. That that makes no sense. You you volunteered it right up against KMA. Well, he right. he, he 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 claims that his wife volunteered him. He he called, oh, he, called yeah. it, he called it volunteered. So he threw her under the bus. Of course. He, yeah. So he's throwing her and, under the and, bus on top of it. And she just popped it on him at 10 o'clock last night. I find no, that she would have told. I, Are you I, kidding I, me? That girl is so on the ball. I'm going to messenger. I'm going to screenshot his bullshit excuse and spin it to her. <laughs> yeah. Right. By the way, if, if you didn't get a chance um, to hear some of those clips, I actually posted like a six minute short video. It's on the Smoke In Facebook page. Some of the great moments between Paul and Kim and most of Duff, Duffy's takes yeah. during the commercial break are on there. And, you know, he is, they are a riot and he's, he's yeah. a riot. They did a great job. Um, well, you were talking about this, Alex, on our show on Tuesday, the chemistry that um, 
was had between the uh, Michael Kim and um, Paul. I mean, was really good. No, they're man, awesome. it really was. They're awesome. It really was. They, they and the, the way they are, you know, hate yeah. hate to give Paul any credit on this show because he sucks at this show, but he he does he does well at the Great Smoke. Really the way they're did. able to just throw it back and forth between each other is is really yeah. well done. And then you mentioned Duffy. I mean, that guy's he's got that voice for radio. It, oh, yeah. He, yeah, he was he, he was the voice of Cubs for many years. He does this for a living. Yeah, you could tell. I mean, he worked with WGN. Yeah, so okay. I mean, that's big time. Yeah. Yeah, I know this guy's not. We're very lucky to have been introduced to him and be able to work with this guy over the years. He's, uh, in fact, it was one of the very few things good I got out of John Barron. Anybody who's been following KMA for a long time, um, one of our prior producers, John Barron, who we used to have a segment called "Punish the Producer," where this guy would just like volunteer to take some crazy abuse, you know, live on the air. Maybe I should mute my phone. But um, is that, yeah, is, John, that the, is that the same guy that was like taking body shots from the yeah, hammer? Yeah, 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 and eating cockroaches and letting the <laughs> letting letting them dominatrix paddle him live with his pants down. Oh yeah, he was he was nuts. Um, I mean, we still have punished the producer, but it's just verbal now. Verbal punishment. Yeah, he, if he's even actually, I don't know what he produces at this point besides excuses. But <laughs> wow, wow. I mean, what does he do? What does he produce? <laughs> Disney content. Right, right. <laughs> probably, but yeah, that's how we met Chris Duffy, and you know, he's he's literally been great, man. We just anytime we need him, we'll message him a list of stuff. He'll go in the studio, and knock it all out. So he, he's yeah. awesome. So we'll great be working job. on a new intro for KMA. I wonder if we should showcase it for episode five hundred. Should I just save it? I should just save it. Showcase it episode five hundred. Might take us a while to get it together. I'm still finding my feet, ladies and gentlemen. I mean, literally. Our, our so, day, travel day started. By, by the way, if you've never been to Sedona, it was our first time with Sedona, Arizona, which, by the way, was shockingly fucking cold. Oh, it's okay. cold. Well, I was just going to say, you caught you caught snow at like yeah. the, in the end of March. Okay, it was freezing all week, by the way. In Arizona. Yeah. yeah that's, in the look, yep, yep, it's cold up in that area. That's like Flagstaff area and all that. Yeah, we weren't really, I mean, we knew they said it would be cool, but we weren't expecting like, like it was frost. It was like freezing. I mean, literally freezing. The day before we left, there were snowflakes falling from the sky. So, look at Tom Why? Yeah, bro, it was cold. We're Floridians now. It's cold. So, um, beautiful place. I mean, really, I mean, it's just unreal. It's surreal. I actually had to Google how these things happened, how the, the shift in the Rocky Mountains raised this, and all this area used to be below sea. That's how it formed. And the, the shells from the shellfish is what caused the iron oxide formations to give it the red rock appearance. But I don't know. I mean, you know, when I first moved to Florida, the beach was beautiful. I used to, I used to get caught by a bridge. I don't know if I look the same way for you, Alex. I thought it was such a cool thing to watch the bridges raise. I'd get out of my car, maybe walk to the edge, look at the boats go through. Now I curse every time I get caught by a bridge. But I get caught by a bridge. Oh, and, of course. Yeah, but like these people wake up, and it's their view. I mean, it's all over. I mean, it's it's yeah. like it's like somebody painted the background. I mean, it is unrealistic. It is breathtaking. Uh, every every day so it was it was a great trip um i know coop you mentioned you'd like you'd want to move there no way you could live there um we talked about retiring water to flagstaff area uh yeah i mean they're just i mean sedona is yeah. great but it's like you kind of living in the 70s yeah it, it's are eccentric and nice nothing wrong with it you know but like just be prepared because like every restaurant specializes in vegan and gluten-free no. and 
I mean, it's like a thing down there. You couldn't you couldn't find regular cream to put in coffee almost anywhere. It was like insane. It was like an almond wow. milk. Yeah. Yeah, it's different life down there, but it was it was a great trip. And then our trip started with a two and a half hour ride at four thirty in the morning. And let me tell you something: that ride from from Sedona to Phoenix to the airport at, at night, well, you know, dark in the morning, it's like the Grand Prix. I mean, you don't go straight for more than a half a mile for two hours. And it's literally. Oh, you go through the high mountains up there. Yeah. Oh, my gosh. And you can't like you can't even like you're driving under stress for an hour and a half, 90 miles an hour, 80 miles an hour, because everything is like a huge turn back and forth, Mm -hmm. back and forth. So we started 430 in the morning. We got the pitch black, no less pitch black, which is even worse. I mean, literally, you cannot see more than 10 feet. There's no moonlight. There was nothing. And um, we got to the airport and then we were on planes. We landed, I don't know, about seven o'clock, seven thirty last night. Ended up getting a quick bite, went to West Palm Beach, had a nice night, and came home. So yesterday was like a full day of uh, being on the road, basically. But I missed a good week, I heard. A lot of stuff being talked this week, I, I guess, uh, while, while I was gone. A lot of, a lot of stuff going on. A lot of stuff going on. A lot of stuff, yeah. I saw the episode about the Great Smoke. Very nice coverage. Thank you guys. It was very cool. Oh, no, I tried but, to watch a couple episodes while I was gone. I didn't have time. We, we, you know, really. I mean, I was trying. Well, to you're on vacation. You're on vacation. Yeah, I yeah, haven't plus, watched. You were, I haven't you watched. Were three hours back. We're three hours behind. Yeah. So weird. Coop and I are on. You know, if we're on nine ten o'clock when I'm on Coop show. It's like dinner time where you're at. Yeah, literally. I'd be watching um, the sunset out there instead. <laughs> and I haven't had a chance to watch the Digital Great Smoke yet. Definitely want to do that this weekend if I can. Just chill back and just... Oh, it's great. I mean, I think you'll be really pleased with it. Watch it. as They messed up the ending again, which was really disappointing. You know, it's really... okay. We, yeah, we, we fixed it. But, I mean, you know, there's a lot of work that gets put into this timeline for the virtual production. I mean, a lot. Because, you gotta remember, man, these guys show up and set up the day before the broadcast. There's no dress rehearsal. There's no... It's done live, so... Our good friend John Reamer, you know, we had a, a lot, I bet you a lot of people don't even know this, but we had a very famous mid-credit scene in the digital experience with Alex. And it was funny because Alex saw it, he goes, dude, I forgot I even did that when we were talking about it. Right. But we had a mid-credit scene, and last year we didn't have enough time. It was kind of, you know, we were just trying to figure out how to do virtual and live at the same time. But we wanted to bring it back, so our good friend John Reamer and a great crew of about 15 people did a nice post-credit scene for us. And I had it all worked out how it was going to end. And I guess after five hours of broadcast, the liquor was right behind them. They probably started. Yeah, they get a little celebratory. Yeah. Yeah. And, and they just, you know. they dropped the whole, the whole uh, post-credit scene. So I think we added it up. We put it up there. So a big thanks to John and those guys who put that together. And I'll be sending everybody up there something, something nice as, as a thank you for that. So I appreciate it. Good it was great. Cool. Yeah. yeah. You can catch that. That was the way I actually made sure we played that at the end of the episode of KMA last week. So, you know, those guys did that for us and you know make sure it gets out there even though show tech dropped the ball on that one but that's that's okay they were they were celebrating they had a long day we get it you know we'll yell at them next year let's see here what do you got now i was trying to actually reach out to michael herklotz to see if he could jump on an impromptu today oh oh but he just he just yeah. yeah he just texted me back he's got some company coming over so all right. I, I mean, I guess we, we might as well. Are we there? Are we there yet? Yeah, we're there, right? Let's, I, I guess we might as well get into a coop. Why don't, why don't you leave this one off? Because I think uh, 
well, you were one a, of the first to break this story. Yeah, so there's a bunch of stuff going on with the PCA. Um, we'll, we'll hit the big one, the elephant in the room. I think there were three big stories out of the PCA in the last week. Um, this happened probably the end of last week uh, where it was announced that for the 2024 PCA trade show, it is moving to the weekend of March 22nd, 2024. It's also moving out of the Venetian uh, Expo Center into the Las Vegas Convention Center, which last held the trade show about five years earlier. So no bigger drama, no bigger soap opera than where the, where and when the PCA trade show is. And um, certainly the drama hit, hit the scene. There are a lot of different opinions on it. We can get into it. I think a lot of people know my opinion is on this. Um, but let's and let's get into it. All right, Abe. Yeah, shoot. I'll be so, I'll be I'll be the spectator for this one. Well, so we we we've had we had two different scales of the spectrum on this March news. According to Michael Herklotz, it is epic, e- epic, epic. This was an epic announcement, right? And in your opinion, your your quotable was who cares. I have to share a funny story because it was probably my, one of the most humor, humorous moments for me this week is uh, Garrett messages me. He's, he doesn't even realize I'm on vacation, I think. And he says, look, I'm doing an impromptu broadcast of, of you know, talking about the PCA date change. Uh, are there any comments you'd, you'd like to make, you know, opinions on, on the matter? And I literally text him two words. Who cares? And he replies to me immediately. Dude, you're, you're a predominant person in our cigar industry. A lot of people care about your opinion. And I replied to him back and said, no, dude, that was my opinion. Who <laughs> and we were laughing. He ended up calling me and we were talking about it. Um, you know, it, it's one of those things. I mean, here's a text I got from Michael. Um, because he had company, couldn't come on. But his position is, the move reflects the results of the survey that was sent out to retailers and vendors. It was a landslide that members want a trade show in late Q1 and would sacrifice location for the timing. Landslide of vote by members. Um, in partially correct. See, there were two surveys. Okay, the survey that Michael's referring to, I didn't see, but from what I understand, it was overwhelmingly in favor. However, there was a survey done after the trade show. It was published in the PCA magazine, and it was for the attendees of the trade show who said they were happy with the location and the time of the trade show. So sure. there were two. There were two surveys done with that. So once again, it, it, that's back to my statement. Uh huh. Who cares? But okay, so. so but that's the thing about the surveys, because yeah. I was on the board when these surveys get sent out. Yeah. Okay, no, first off, the surveys half the time are I haven't see, I didn't see them, but I'm just telling you from experience, they're weighted to to always kind of almost make a certain thing. But even regardless, I'll just tell you straight out about surveys is we've surveyed people to death and then you change something and you still get the same amount of complaints. Yeah. Yeah. So I'm gonna tell you the reliability and dependability of whatever survey you're gonna get, especially from for whatever reason our trade it's like you're making half the people happy all the time no matter yeah. what see jay davis was on the show with garrett and i i was on that show with garrett and jay davis indicated the problem was with the venetian and the pca was having a lot of trouble working with the venetian which still were busy and that i can understand which more. i can and, believe yes yeah i can believe that there's, there's so I think that combined with yes, there there is a, a faction out there that wants wanted that trade show out of July, 
and we can get into the reasons why. I think some of the reasons I hear aren't exactly I buy, but I can understand there's people who did not want that trade show in July, and that's what preempted this move here. So here's my stance on this, really, okay? The trade show's argument, at the end of the day, do you believe this is going to create any more attendance? To- no, I don't. I don't. I don't. I don't. Okay. Not, well, no. It's not. No. So I don't believe it will either. If you're a buyer and you're a businessman and you're in this industry, you're going to the trade show if it's in December. I mean, that's just the yep. way it's going to work. I, I There's not one month that's more or less convenient for me. There's not like, one month that's better than another. I'm going to go and I'm going to do my business. You know, I've heard this thing about 4th of July, and we can get into the validity of that 4th of July argument, right? But, all right, let's say the 4th of July was an issue. You basically traded in my area 4th of July for March Madness weekend, which are, I would say, two equally busy weekends. So you moved it to another busy weekend. And and here's the thing, Abe. I can't buy this argument of I can't leave my store in July. I just can't buy that argument. I mean, it doesn't make it makes sense to me because if you're if you can't leave your store in July, you can't leave it any time. I've been going to the trade show, yeah. and you have to remember, I had a hiatus there, but not was in the early years. I went every year in the early yeah. years. I've been going to the trade show since I've only had one employee. When we only had one employee, when the whole smoking organization was me, one other guy, and one employee. All right. This is the problem, and this is why I say who cares, because I don't believe – listen, you want to move the date, move the date. My point is this is not a story. The date changed. I don't think there's, it's to accomplish anything. It's better negotiating or you get a better deal or, you know, and they save money and hopefully use that money to somehow enhance the show and make it a more enjoyable, entertaining time for me. Great if it's a business decision, but to think on any level this is a benefit or caters – because here's what they're doing. They're catering to maybe a handful of people. So which handful of people do you want to cater to? Right. Because the average retailer, because this is the mentality of some of the retailers, most, is change shit to make my life easier. Right? I, I don't. I can't buy this at this point. Dude, I bought whenever I could buy. I stuffed stuff in bathrooms when I didn't have room if I got a deal on something. You know, not let me figure out how to work in the landscape that's ahead of me to optimize running my business please change stuff to make my life easier and which handful do you want to cater to this month next month next year you know you can't cater to to everybody so you just need to do the best decisions on what it is for your organization and people will either survive and figure out how to work in that landscape or they'll cry and they're and they'll whine which most people are good at you know, and, and this is why my opinion is who cares? For me, this is not a story. This is not a story. You know, the upside for me on a personal level, I mean, everybody has their own personal level, but it doesn't affect anything is I don't have to leave my kids now in summer. I can spend more time with them and, you know, leave while they're in school. Great. That's the upside for me. That's why I get out of it. There were some interesting announcements, though, Abe, about the first day of the trade show itself that kind of coincided with this. And in particular, they're making some changes. You know, that first day, it's like a lot of the seminars and stuff like that. You know, point of sale seminars, legislation seminars. Um, They have made some changes this week to that day one. Um, And they set a new agenda up for it. And I kind of think a lot of this may have been inspired a little by you uh, with these changes. So 
first of all, they're going to be doing um, the folks who do hand roll. They're going to be unveiling a new docu series that you're going to oh, get, nice. yeah, to get to see. They're going to have two blending seminars, one from Toscano, and one what they're calling a triple threat, threat seminar, and it's going to feature Ernesto Perez Carrillo, Christian Aroa, and Nestor Plasencia Jr. And then they're moving what was the breakfast and the keynote speaker. They're moving that up into Thursday. Um, so they're going to have the annual meeting, uh, which they do the roll call and they announce, I guess, who's going to be on the board. And then they're going to have Oz Perlman, who's a mentalist and magician, as the keynote speaker, who I think is a pretty decent entertainer. So I think there's some they've done some things to make that first day a little more fun. Than like sitting through a point of sale seminar is what I'm this saying. This is, I mean, this is the things I'm talking about. This is what you need to focus on. Yeah. I mean, look, if the date changing the date was a business decision, Alex, give me some, changing a business decision, great, kudos. I just don't think it's a story. I don't think it's anything epic. Sorry, Michael. I don't think it's anything exciting. I just think it's a date change. That's all it is. And business goes on. And if you run your company, because your your advantage. By this date change, if you're a retailer and you're listening out to me, I know Jay's on. I actually asked Jay to hop on as a member of the current board. He's not feeling well, so I hope you feel better, my friend. Um, but, you know, if it's a benefit to you, I guarantee you it's a disadvantage or a problem for somebody else. Sure, so, sure. Yeah. I, I was just going to address, of course, because you can't go a KMA show without addressing Alan Rubin once. But the date isn't what's monotonous about the trade show. I know. It's the trade show itself. You know, the date is probably the most inconveniencing thing. You know, people run businesses. You run businesses on a schedule. So, I mean, what do you want? Just like spontaneous dates of when the PCA is going to be every year? That's not the, the, the monotonous part of the trade show. It's what goes on when you're there. Yeah, I agree. Absolutely. Yeah. That's exactly and, what's and, you matter. know, my argument, too, for moving it up was I didn't think it was in the best interest of the industry to add another event into the first quarter. And there's a lot of events that go on in the first quarter. Once again, that's a personal problem for you. Um, As a guy it, in the media. It's a guy in the media. It's a, it's a media problem. It's not right. a problem for everybody. But some of the manufacturers, it is more work on them at one part of the year. Well, so, according to Michael Herklotz, this was a landslide vote by the industry manufacturers and retailers. Go figure. I, I when mean, they, uh, you know, here's the thing. When I, I'll tell Michael, when these other things get less coverage and, uh, you, you know, not just by online media, but by print media. And you, we all know what we're talking about. When there's less coverage, you guys are going to be scratching your head saying, why aren't we getting attention anymore? Coop, half the people in our industry don't even know what coverage is. True. <laughs> True. You're 100% right. <laughs> but this is what I'm saying at the end of the day. I mean, and and, and here's why we should care. Uh, I, I need to read this. We now have the opportunity to do outside things during the trade show. This may actually start to help with releases being shown next year. Actually release next year, and it helps a small fraction of people who might not have been able to come before. Huh? Huh? Yeah, I don't understand that, Mitchell. Oh. I, I don't either. Um... Yeah. I, I yeah. Do outside things. I, I don't. Does he mean like because Listen, of the weather? Mitchell, here's the problem, right? Is, I mean, is that, the is that the weather he's talking about? As, as far as releases go, it is still going to be a non factor because all that's going to happen now, right? Because what happens now? They get, you, you get a release announced or orders in the PCA trade show in July. And yeah, we get them in. December, maybe nine months later. So now it's just going to be the same thing. They're going to release stuff in March. 
I, I, and, I'm going I'm to tell and you. And it's going to get all the media coverage in March, and then you're not going to see it until six, seven, eight, it, nine it, months it's later. It's going to be worse. Do you want to know why? In my opinion, because half these companies barely can get it done by middle of the year. Right. And now coming off of being closed for two to four weeks. Right. And I think Ben, ben Lee mentioned that on, on your now show. Now being right? closed yeah. and have to come out. Because, you know, I guarantee you, they, they kind of really start working on these things after the break. For the most part, the home structure. I'm sure in concept, yeah. they probably thought about it. Yeah. yeah I mean, now I think people don't realize, you know, you, you, you start, you get in the Christmas time in Nicaragua, Dominican Republic. It's shut down. Shut down. Shut down. There's shut, nothing. Nothing. nothing going on. Mm-hmm. And then you know, and it, yeah. for like two weeks. Mitch. Once again, in, in what to what you're saying, even though I might not understand some of it, is look, whatever solves your problem creates three other problems. This is the right. gist of this. When you're dealing with an association of a few thousand people, you, you're not solving anybody's problems at the end of the day. You're solving somebody's problems or causing problems for other people. And you're solving their problems and, but causing problems for these people. And then you have those people that just doesn't matter. So at the end of the day, what I'm saying is at the end of the day, I don't believe this matters. I don't believe this changes anything. I don't think it's going to increase attendance. I think the focus should be on making an overall better experience. Okay. And here's what it comes down to. You want to increase trade show attendance? Factor number one. Make it. And you need to figure out. I scare you, Alex. You shook your head. (laughs) Make it 100% where, as a retailer, you can come there and save money. Now, I know there's always deals and stuff stuff. But work with your manufacturer vendors and find a way to make it so that going there is a benefit to your buying power, which will ultimately increase the retailer's bottom line, that hopefully he will reinvest in his business and help his business grow. Make that the most prevalent thing. Once you've mastered that, find a way to give them the best experience and time while they're there possible. You do those two things. I don't care when you do the show. You will have a successful trade show. But those are the two most prevalent things if you want a successful trade show, I believe you have to accomplish. Find ways so that the people go there, really get a substantial. It costs a lot of money to go to the trade show. Sure. It does. And if it's Vegas, yeah. it's worse because yeah. you're spending a lot of money when you're at the trade show. That has nothing to do with business, right? So it costs a lot of money no matter what going to the trade show. Make it so that people really have a way to save. Get the people who want to buy, the people who are going to grow. Because the people who want to buy. And spend money on the people that are going to grow in this business. I mean, let's face it, half our industry, without a doubt, are relics, dinosaurs. Haven't figured out how to grow one iota in two decades, right? Attract the people who are going to grow in this industry, who are opening up more locations, who will find a way to be successful. Those are the people who are going to come. They're going to spend a lot of money. And then give them a great time. And they'll come no matter what time of year it is. And yeah, you're going to have people, depending on the time of year, this ain't going to work for them. or this ain't gonna, But it won't matter. Because the show will be a destination that people need to and want to go to. You make them need to go, and then you make them want to go, and you'll have a successful show year after year after year. I mean, you did that with the Great Smoke, Abe. I mean, that's exactly what you think about. Consumers go down there, right? They get great value on deals down there, but there's a great experience. And it's a simple formula. It, it's worked for us. It's worked. For over two decades. It's proven there, yeah. You know, know, I I was going to mention this earlier too. I thought about it when you were talking, but I I, I feel like, like if you're, if you're, if you you own a shop and and you don't have the ability to leave your shop in July for a couple of days, you don't have the staff or whatever reason. 
then you're you're probably not in a position where you're going to do meaningful buying at the trade show anyway. Exactly. If you don't even yeah, have Alex. the ability to leave your shop for a couple of days in July. That's the truth. Do you exactly. need to be going to the show at yeah. all? Right. And this is and if this is the move. If this is what we're catering to, what does that say about yeah. what what our trade show is, is worried about? Yeah. And, and the July 4th thing, why I never bought into it, is there's only been one trade show that's been July that right before that July 4th weekend. That was 2018. It's after July 4th. It's not July 4th. It's after it. Right, right. So I, I never – and I, look, and I've, my son worked retail. I never saw July 4th as an issue for, for staffing there. I never saw it. And I've seen other stores where I see owners go on vacations during that time. I think it's more about a lot of the owners maybe in their staff – they want to take time off in the summer, and that's why they don't want July. I don't think it's this I can't leave my store mentality. I just I haven't been able to subscribe to that. Alex's comment right there was spot on. That basically that's it in a nutshell, right? Yeah. Hey, to answer your question, Allison, because honestly, I get asked this a lot. Look, here's the thing: whether it's me or anybody else, you want to make a really successful trade show, an event, a buying event, an experience event. What you need to do is you need to hire one person in charge who can work with autonomy, pay them, because this volunteer shit doesn't work, pay them and let them run the show. Yep. Because this group decision-making and whatever never leads to really anything great. That's the problem. Let somebody run the show and you want to know what? If he makes a great show, you keep him. If he fucks it up and he sucks, you fire him and find another guy. But until that formula is met, this decision by committee and for this kind of thing, a trade show getting 10, 11 people with their opinions and whatever. It, it just, it's, it's, it's a choke. It's a choke. Great things are not going to ha happen. Let somebody run it. Let somebody do it, pay him to do it. And if he sucks, you get rid of him. That, that's the best. That's, that's really the best way you're going to run a show. I agree. I agree. <laughs> Evan, can I do the dinner? Uh, if it was anything like the last dinner, buddy, that'll be a big hit. Right. That'll be a big hit. So, well, you know, to answer this question, Al, you know, Alan is a, a thesaurus of questions and any any topic. Here's the thing, you know, you have to be able to buy a lot to to cover your expense. To talk about saving, so right. the problem is these small guys who got to get out there if they don't buy enough no matter how good the deal is they're not going to cover their expenses it's thousands of dollars to get yourself there yeah. the stay there the airfare there forget the money you're spending there so you know psychologically i never look at going there as part of what i try to offset as part of my buying but you know i never did i never went to the trade show and it's really funny because you know looking back on it it's kind of insane but i never went to a trade show with a budget I'm talking about even when we were one location, 900 square feet. And I just won it. I bought what we needed. I mean, listen, fortunately enough, nobody ever ships right away. I mean, some some people ship before we leave the trade show. Okay, Perdomo is one of them, man. They're, they're processing some, orders. Very, very few. Yeah, they're processing processing orders while you're at the show and shipping. Right. But, you know, I would, I, I, I would order crazily. Well, I mean, look, here's my, rule number one. If you're in retail, if you're afraid to buy, get out of retail. It's not your business. 
And I think that's one of the weaknesses of many, many people in not just our industry and in retail in general. They're afraid to buy. buy. Money in a bank is no good. It's worthless. It makes you feel good to look at a number and see a number in your bank account. It does nothing for you. The money and product is way more valuable to you. So if you're afraid to buy and get out, retail is not for you. But I used to go and buy. And like, I mean, I look back at what I used to buy. It was like nuts. But thank God it got shipped over probably six months, seven months. But we just I bought what we needed. I thought we could sell, especially if it was a good deal. And we always figured it out. Rules by committee never work. It really doesn't. Never does. And especially this kind of a committee because they're so eclectic. And then, you know, a lot of times they're nominating. I mean, now I know the nomination system has changed, but they're nominating people who are their friends so that it's mostly people who are in the same mindset who sit on the board. So you have this click of a majority of the people who all are kind of the same psychology. And then you have guys who are really trying to improve and do things. And it's a constant butting of heads. But you want to run a successful trade show, let somebody run it. Give them the reins. Let them go crazy. Yep. Let him let him become a hero or let him fail and fall on his face. That's the way it happens. So, Abe, when you say that, right, you're talking about outsourcing it, right? Outsourcing. I don't care outsourcing. Let Dan Pierce, uh, uh, Scott Pierce run it. Like somebody, but I mean, well, from what, what I understand is, I mean, look, if, if, if any, and I don't think much has changed, right? The board sits and makes decisions and then just wants Scott to execute them. So at the end of the day, unless things have changed, Scott's just, like uh, a facilitator, you know, I, I, and, and, you know, when this, the, I, they call it CEO, is that what they're calling it now? I forget what the position is. It's changed. The name of it's changed over the years, but I mean, it sounds, sounds more like a COO. If it's just, right, right. I, think, I, think it's more I think it's executive director. It used to be CEO. Uh, it's something it's changed. But that position basically sits and reports to the board and the board makes decisions and then he executes them. You know, he advises, he gives you opinions, but the board has the ultimate say. And I've seen it where the board has made choices and, and that person in that position is looking at like, this is such a wrong idea, bad idea. Yeah. That's the way it goes. Coop, any any info on this docu-series? Um, Outside of its, I know you reported that it's, it's produced by the same team that, that did hand-rolled. Um, not so much. I tried to ask Pete about it when he was on the show, um, late last year, because I did, I was hearing stuff about it, but I think it's going to be more smaller takes of people in the cigar industry that we're going to see. So I'm not sure where they're focusing on and what the topics are going to be, but it's not going to be a full long movie from what I understand. Gotcha. This is a good question. And I think, I think really hard data has to be looked at. So one of the things one of the things that i first remember was being talked about it may have been implemented the year i was on the board which is like you know a decade plus ago um was they had grouped all the new companies together yeah i remember that and i don't know if that helped or hurt them because you know because and i don't know the data so this is something you'd really have to look back at the data or talk to people after the show because psychologically you'd say oh great i can go to one place and see all the new people but on the same psychology a lot of people could be like oh i don't need to go there because i, I don't need, need to go to this yeah, yeah right. i feel like that would be my you know if I, unless i'm looking, I, I just don't unless know. i'm really looking for something new maybe i'll go but if you know i i, I think the better play would be oh you know him 
Next to the Padron booth that I'm leaving is these guys. Also, let me see Talk as I'm walking by. Them throughout major vendors might be better. They might get lost. That's something that I could see work and not work at the same time. I think that's something you'd have to do. And really look at the hard data and ask and do a lot of surveys and talk to people, you know, face to face afterwards and seeing whether that's something that works or not. But I, I, I do think that the layout of the show, I don't know if it makes for a better or worse show, but I think could increase or, or help certain parts of the industry better or not. So I don't know. I mean, how do you feel on layout? Coop? I mean, it's, it's hit or miss. I don't know what. It, it's hit or miss, you know. Like for example, um, I've seen some companies they get booths on the ends and they do really well. Like a Perdomo could put his booth anywhere, and like Nick's booth last year was on the edge, and he had no problem getting traffic to that booth, right? So if you if you build it, they will come. Is kind of what I'm gonna say. You know, I don't think it matters where your booth is, and if you're not building it right, you're not gonna come. You know? I, I listen. I believe I believe that same theory in my retail yeah. stores. Yeah. If you build it right, they will come. It's right, really, right. Now, putting yourself in a high traffic area, yeah, it helps. It'll make Absolutely. benefit you. Yeah. It'll start you off maybe a little bit easier, but I don't think it's something that's necessary. Build something right, they will find you, especially in our industry because we're such a niche industry. Guys coming to town want to know where their cigar shops are. Guys living in town want to know where cigar shops are. They will find you. And right. if you have the reputation, you build something right, they will find you more than less. And if you carry the products... Then it's then it's really you're differentiating yourselves like you said with the customer service. Ryan, there's no price. This is something I wouldn't even contemplate until retirement. Right now, my focus. Look, I took I think about four years. I think when I worked with a company called Syndicato. Uh, Syndicato was a great concept. It was made of retailers to build brands because in theory, who would know better about what consumers wants, the needs, and desires are than the retailers who work with the consumers every day um great in theory execution ended up being a little bit harder and then we had a lot of resistance from the industry longer and shortest i took four years as chairman of that board working with a group of my peers working on that company and at the end of the day my business sacrificed for it i think 2018 was our first bad year um since we got it because i was focusing somewhere else so i i ended up literally that year um, resigning my position as chairman of the board, got back to focusing on my company in 2019. And uh, we had, we've been having epic years since. So it's something I probably wouldn't even contemplate unless I was really retired and, and out of the retail side of the game. Um, question. Am, am I the only one unfamiliar with Oz Perlman? Um, I, I didn't know who he was, but Coop seemed very familiar with him. Yeah, he, I've seen him on there. Around, um, You're giving us what, feedback a little bit, cool. Well, can you hear me now? Yep, yep, yep. He was on America's Got Talent, is where I first saw him. You know well, what's funny is, you know, you know, first started poaching America's Got Talent. I started that back with yep. the Great Smoke, like, <laughs> yep, fifteen years ago. It was a great way to find good talent when we were looking for entertainment for the Great Smoke. I would call these guys who were like in the top ten and didn't win and were runner up. And we would get them to come down. I think we had two or three people who are on America's Got Talent who performed at the Great Smoke over the years. Yeah, I think in this case, they're not looking for Oz to give a rah-rah speech. Okay, I think in this case, it's entertainment that he's going to be doing. And okay, I think so what, 
go ahead. Go ahead. Yeah. Just... Yeah. I think he's going to be doing like entertainment, which is different than having a guy just like when they had Rudy Giuliani talk about fracking like six years ago, which was just, you know, lost <laughs> everyone's attention. Yeah. So let me just read this real quick. This is just quick Google. Yep. The estimated speaking fee range, speaking fee range to book Oz Perlman for your event is fifty to a hundred thousand dollars. That's what fifty is about. Where any decent speaker range he, starts. He, and, and, and my opinion is, he better knock it out of the park for, for that price because you have. I mean, I feel like you can get. I, I'd rather get like a fucking rock band and do a concert for a fifty just, you know, a lot have, of those... have soccer get up for a half hour. I mean, that's. I mean, you want to? With all the respect, you want a magician? Doesn't Kevin Schweitzer go to the PCA? I mean, look, some look. I, I've seen some. I, like one year, the TAA had the guy from Harley who who helped rebuild the Harley Davidson brand. Yeah, I, I still reiterate some of the stuff he's talked about then at that thing. It was it was a great speaker. One of my favorite speakers, I think one of the funnest speakers of all time that they had at the trade show was uh, Terry Bradshaw. Um, he was great. Um, yeah, I mean, speaker, fee, speaker fees are negotiable, you know, but I think these days you're starting at about 30 or 40 for anybody. Easily, yeah. Of any decency, of any relevancy. Um, how, how good does it make your experience? It really depends on the speakers. I've had some that were just complete, complete duds. And some that were like, I'm still talking about it 10 years ago. You know, it's it's a hard thing. It's a hard thing. I mean, how you know, it's hard to find that relevant speaker that's going to resonate, resonate and connect with the crowd. Um, it really, really is. But um, one of my, and, and the guy who showed up at the TAA, I can't even remember his name. Um, but I still remember that speech. I mean, he talked about literally how they rebuilt Harley Davidson as a lifestyle. Stop talking about the motorcycle. No one cared about the motorcycle. And it was really a brilliant, brilliant um, keynote speaker. I mean, really. Uh, I, I already lived a lot of what he was talking about, but I've learned so much that I try to incorporate even today, 10 years later, probably. You know, Alex, just on, you know, I think what they could be doing here is, you know, again, if you're trying to get entertainment, right? And I know we have a lot of entertaining people in our industry, you know, and I mentioned the soccer thing, but bring in a professional entertainer here. Kind of, oh, what's going on? I'm getting feedback. Yeah, you hear that a little bit? I'm not hearing anything negative. Yeah, no, I can hear him a little bit. He's coming back. Either a speaker or something coming back to you. I think, what hurt, yourself too. I think what hurt the PCA was honestly, um, Cigar aficionados' lack of involvement in the PCA. Cigar aficionado in the early years was present at every trade show, and they always bought some of that star power to the trade shows and some of the cool people there. And I think they're—I'm I, pretty sure they're still not involved. Is that correct, Coop? I, I don't think I've seen cigar aficionado there, and probably—they were there last year. They were. I missed them then. But they, they were heavily involved every year, especially coming after the boom. I mean, for many, many years, a big booth. They have stars there almost every other day. And it was kind of cool. It was kind of fun. They hear it live. I was just testing my mic. Oh, sorry. Oh, uh, yeah. They were there. So Garfishinato was off the grid for a couple of years. They've been off. Even when they're there, they've been off the grid. They were very involved while back in in the trade shows and his presence wise and you know bringing people to the trade show 
You know, I, I don't even know what did they do last year. I don't remember seeing them. I'm going to assume they were there for that good old Padron Fuente yes. stuff. Probably. Probably coverage of that. Right. CA is always pissed about something. <laughs> I mean, there it's, it's not one thing, it's another. I mean, you know, they they used to have their way at the trade show where they could just walk into any booth, and now they're competing with a lot of online media folks. Well, not being the only outlet for news, education, definitely is not something they, they're a big fan of anymore. Because for many, many years, that was it. You wanted to learn something about cigars, that was your source. You had right, no... Sure. You had no other way of learning about anything other than going into your local retail shop, which once again, we forget how many cigar smokers across the country don't have that privilege. Yep. That's one of the things. Many people will not have that privilege. That's true. You know, wait, I clicked on the wrong one. You know, Allison, it's two different things. Yes. What we do is literally meant to be a production. It's yep. meant to entertain. It's 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 a show. I mean, and it's not a trade show. And it's not a selling show. Now, can you take elements of what we do and incorporate it somehow into a business trade show? Absolutely. And probably make it a little bit more exciting and fun. But they're two com completely different organisms on a whole level. So don't think you could take a TGS model and attach it to the PCA. Steve Toth, according to Coop, this year. According to Abe, maybe next year. The 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 official word was said Father's Day. Is it Father's Day? What June? Yeah, that's yeah. what they said. At, that's what they told attendees at the um, Big Smoke. In and they've in never, never, ever given a date that they didn't make either company. Never, never, no. No, it's I, never I, happened. Um, it, let's put it like this: When I win, I will come down. I'm gonna personally come down to South Florida to claim my South my, my sign bill in person. I'm not gonna I'm gonna come down there. Listen, oh, I, I, I called yeah. Kevin Shahan up on stage and gave him his I, I don't right, have a problem right. losing. It happens. Um, By the way, Coop got his first experience of one of one of our favorites while he was down here during the Great Smoke, visited, stumbled upon Kapow. So this is a really good story. Can I tell this? Sure. Why not? Okay, so we stopped by um, Boynton Beach on Thursday night. Ben and I drove down. And that's the night I misplaced my phone. I kind of saw you guys for a few minutes. And we were talking to Jonathan Drew. Now, the plan was we were going to go across the street to go to get dinner at that hot pot place. Yeah. And, um, okay, but, okay. Right, that's that's what we're, that we, we don't have anything like hot pot really up by us, right? So we get, you know, Jonathan ends up just one more minute just one more minute just one more minute so we get there and of course it's closed by the time we get there so ben literally starts going on his phone and he's looking up some sort of asian place to go to at like 11 o'clock at night and he finds this kapow place in boca, in, in and boca I, or downtown boca it was in we got some, two locations downtown west palm and boca it was in boca i think he it said was in boca. it was definitely in boca yeah. yeah it was in this shopping kind of it was in it was park miser park yeah um and I tell you, it was it was fantastic. Is all I got to say. It was just incredible. 
my kids love that place. We've taken yeah, Capel's one of our favorites. We've taken Terrence Riley and his son there after a KMA episode. I think the Hernandez brothers. We've t- we took Kevin Casey and uh, you were with us for that one. I was Kevin with us and um, and Lars Teetons. Lars Teeton there um, because when we used to broadcast live out of the studio on Forty Fifth Street, it was literally like ten less eight minute drive from the Forty Fifth Street studios. Right. So we would take uh, guys who'd come into KMA for lunch there regularly after. The I, I remember that too because in typical Lars Teton's fashions, I remember he was on some kind of strange diet where he like couldn't eat half the stuff or was like picking parts off of. It was more for us. Absolutely. It was more for. Does anybody know? Because it's definitely not talked about. Is that brand even still part of Alec Bradley? Um, I mean, I don't know. So this is what I've heard, okay? It was always a separate company owned by Alan Rubin. So I don't think it was included in the Alec Bradley transaction. But what Alan's involvement is with Lars Tetons is very unknown because he's they definitely distance them to themselves um, from that. So it's a good assumption that whatever that arrangement was, it's dead and gone. Mm-hmm. Probably, yeah. But from what I understand, I the Lars Tetons did not get acquired with ST under the STG acquisition. Well, I mean, I'm not. It was not always surprised. a separate company. Yeah, not surprised there. Um. Special, I think, gratitude goes to Kevin Casey, who had the unfortunate position of being Lars Teton's handler I, in the South I was Florida. Just, area. I was just thinking the same thing. Zach Hoyer like, had that role in the West. Can you imagine <laughs> driving around with him? Oh my yeah. God. Jack Hoyer did that in the West, who's now. Yeah, you can't. Yeah, literally can't stop to get a coffee without the guy uh, pulling out his guitar to put a show on. <laughs> one of the strange I, I i think kma interviewed him and i interviewed him too very uh strange interview oh it was one of the, yeah. i think alex was that your first time doing a kma episode as a guest uh who yes, was a guest villain yeah i was a guest villain for either paul or Ad. i think it was for paul that was your first time right yeah yeah what a what a way to come in yeah <laughs> yeah wow yeah. wow well, I think that's it on the PCA talk. I mean, I don't know, there's no more reason to beat a dead horse. But that, that was my statement is who cares. Not as if I don't care what's good for the PCA. We got an hour of content, Abe. I, I just care. don't think I just don't think it's a talking point. I don't think I don't think it's gonna change anything. I don't think it's gonna make anything better. Whoever you solve problems for, you created problems for other people at the end of the day. Um, I think the focus, like I said, the PCA is really focused on two things. Work with your manufacturers so that you really reward those people who come. They get a benefit, make it, and you know, get to really buy things with some kind of power. And then find a way to give them stuff to talk about. Give them a great experience. I mean, I could confidently say, without being uh, arrogant or biased, is that experience-wise, as far as you want to go to multi-vendor cigar events, it's hard to match what we do for the Great Smoke. Take a little bit of that kind of a magic and throw it in a PCA. Throw some events out there. Let people go home. I mean, it's been two weeks. I'm still seeing people post and talk about it, man. You, you could touch people like that. Give them stuff to talk about. You do that, you won't have any quips or qualms or any issues on what kind of trade show you're going to have. Because those are the two main ingredients. Am I missing something there, Coop? No, I, I agree. I agree a thousand percent. 
We, we're on the same page with this one, Abe, for the most part. Right? Yeah. Shockingly. Once in a while. I know, yeah. It happens once in a while. I didn't think, I didn't think we would be, yeah. <laughs> I, and listen, nothing against Mike, too. Mike, I have no, nothing but same here. respect same here. for. Absolutely. I mean, you know, his opinion could be right, too. It's epic. It's just my opinion, you know. Um, I'm just not – I don't have very little faith in these survey things. You know, the number one complaint we always heard about was time of year. And then you think you think this is the first time they sent this survey? This survey, this exact same question has been asked for over two decades, every year. And then as a board, we were always shocked that the over, because it was the number one we complained. If you walk the floor, the number one complaint you would hear almost every year is the time of year the trade show is. And then you'd send this survey out. And the results would be like, oh, no, we like what time it is of the year. I was like, what? So, yeah. Yep. Yep. It is yep. what it is. But that's that. That's our horse. That's the who cares segment. By honesty, <laughs> Babna. We're going to be back with our number two with a lot more fun with the gang. Don't go anywhere, folks. Keep it lit. <laughs> Phenomenal. 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 Explore the unexplored with St. Louis Ray Karenis. Set sail to discover an extraordinary Honduran cigar deeply anchored in tradition. The St. Louis Ray Carinas features a Nicaraguan wrapper cloaked over 100% Honduran tobacco that make up the binder and filler. The St. Louis Ray Carinas, in the Toro size, received a 93 rating in Cigar Aficionado and was featured in their illustrious Top 25 Cigars of 2021 list. St. Louis Ray Carinas is available in four different sizes, a Robusto, Toro, Bellicoso, and Magnum. So get ready to take a trip back in time to experience the heritage of St. Louis Ray with the St. Louis Ray Carinas. Surgeon What is that? Looks like a big giant hole in the ground. Uh, with my father in. Hey, need any help? Ah, you don't know the tools. You don't know nothing. Well, how would I? The only time you let me come on a plumbing trip with you, you fired me after 10 minutes. Because you were incompetent. I was seven. This is my father, Mordecai. 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 And this is the story. Are you having trouble hearing from that thing? I had trouble hearing, period. Of how one small change. The new iPhone. <laughs> you see how people stare at that thing. I don't understand there's no buttons. Opened up his world. I'll teach you. I take lessons from iPhone. In ways he never imagined. It's time you lived a little. You're an 80-year-old man. Act like it. Is this your family? Yeah. It was 1939. It was this world war. We had to leave everything. I probably odd on Marvin, I know. I just wanted him to have better life than I had. Maybe you can tap into what was missing. I work on being a father to my son. 
What's with the ice cream? Makes you feel like a kid again. What? To make you feel young? <laughs> ice cream make me feel young. I'm not raised to be old man. But you are old to me. Hello! This is first iPhone call. It's nice to be young. It's nice to be old. Nice to have fun with no buttons. <laughs> it's nice to have family. What can I help you with? You are Siri? Yes, I'm Siri. Oh, Siri, that's a nice name. I keep the secret because my wife, she gets jealous. <gasps> Welcome back to the second half of KMA Talk Radio. Abe was not ready. He obviously did not look at his text, but here we are. We're back. I forgot I turned the camera off for a second. I was watching, ready to cue in. I was, I was. All right, okay. It's all good. Back to hour number two. Before before you get started, I, I want to make an announcement, and, I, and I'm, I'm making an executive decision here, okay? If the next time, Juan Cancel makes his way to Florida and does not stop by to at least say hello. I'm killing off that commercial. Did you did you see that? I, I don't know if I sent you that post. I, like this guy's I, you did. Yeah. He's been around. This is not the first time. Juan, if you don't come stop by, we're killing off your KMA plug. Hey, Juan, a little inside information. There's a bar at Smoke Inn. There's a bar at Smoke Inn. I don't I mean, know where. Juan's been behind it making old fat. Juan oh, fashion, I, think, so. I, think, I think that's fair. So. I don't know. Is he scared? I have no. I idea. don't know. I don't know. I don't know. But he's been floating around Florida lately. I mean, it's not the first time he was up here, North uh, Vero Beach, Port Jensen Saint Beach. Not far. Yeah, Jensen not Beach. Far. Yeah, Jensen Beach, not far from us. But I agree. I agree. I agree. So that's, that's funny. Yeah, that's a free commercial actually for him. Free commercial. That's a free commercial. He's not. It is. F-R-E. I mean, free plug. Yeah. Uh, he may owe me a dollar. I don't know. That's funny. That we'll see. <laughs> and Coop, just That's so funny. you know, man, you know, I keep this posted at my desk. So what uh these are the current bets I have outstanding. Okay. Yep. What, what's that? What's Coop? Well, they're the one Dennis owed me that X card oh, yeah, five is gonna be done by October. You no, know, we're we're good. We you we don't and look, if the clock strikes midnight on the thirty first, I lose. So and I'll pay. Let me see. You have a walking cane fueled by cigars. Anyways, our number two is uh, we kick it off, and it's brought to you by the wonderful folks at Avo Cigars. We're going to test. We're going to see uh, what Alex has up for us to test the musical acumen of the coop, myself, and the fine folks who are up this morning watching with us. It's time to see if you can name that jam. <laughs> So it is time to name that jam. Here's my take on this one. I think the song may be easy to get. I think we're going to have a problem here with naming the actual band. Are we ready? The best way. Let's do it. Let's do it. 
back in the middle. Back in the middle. Yeah. Stuck in the middle. Yeah. Close enough. Stuck yeah. in the middle. But stuck in the middle, stuck in the middle with you. But. Yeah, I don't know if I can name that band. I think I know you it. Just post that every week, Michael. It's some you weird name. It's some like it weird is, name. It is a weird name. Uh, best scene in one of the greatest movies of all time, too. Sure, Reservoir Dogs, I, I, of course. It, yeah. it, Michael Mad, one of Michael Matt's best scene. He's talking a, to the ear. Fucking brilliant, great scene. It's like honey wheat or something like that. It's some. It, somebody saying Steelers wheel. I would have never guessed it. it. That, that's it. Yeah. I think Steve Ma- Steve Steve Mazuka was the first to say yeah. it. Yeah, it's Steelers wheel. Like I said, it was some weird name. I remember. Well, let's hit it. Clowns to the left of me, jokers to the right. Here I am, stuck in the middle with you. Well, you great, know, great pick. Well, did these guys? Did they have another hit? Well, one of the guys from this band uh, was Jerry Rafferty, who went on to have a pretty decent solo career. But for the most part, um, and he and Jerry Rafferty's Baker Street, uh, he was famous for. But no, I don't think they really did much more after that. Well, Kent Simon, I, I, I in our list, Steve Mazuka came up right before yours, so you both were at eleven oh six. So Kent Simon believes he was first, so we'll give you uh, both. Credit. We'll give you both credit. Actually, I, I I see Jay Davis first. If you scroll up a little bit. Oh, yeah. I missed that one. That, that, good, there's job, there. good job, Jay. And, 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 one second. Also, Jay Davis, the only one to spell it correctly as well. <laughs> That's the definitive winner right there. Oh, that is the definitive winner. That is the definitive winner right there. Great pick. But did, did, was there another hit by those guys? Were they a one-hit wonder? I don't believe so. Yeah, no, I'm they sure were one they hit did. wonder. I have to assume uh, they did well. I off, said, uh, Jer- Jerry Rafferty had Baker Street right down the line. Um, you know, so he had a decent soul career where he charted with those songs. But that Steelers, Steelers Wheels, that's the only song I know of. Well, this has been an excellent episode of Name That Jam, brought to you by the fine folks over at Avo Cigars, making music with fine tobacco for decades. I gotta figure out what the exact phrase was and yeah, write I, it down. Back it I said it somewhere nice. Yeah, go. yeah, yeah. I'll look back at previous episodes. <laughs> so there was a story about STG returning to the PCA. Yes. But but they were there last year under the forged umbrella, yeah? They were there under room one on one last year. Okay. So Last year they were there on the room one hundred and one, and but they were throwing. They threw a couple of cigars that were from other brands. There was well, that, that, Shadow, that uh, move I didn't like. I didn't yeah. think it was really fair. No, they they had that Sancho Panza. Um, they had the Sancho Panzas, and they had the Los Status Deluxes. And they Sancho Panza isn't even a Ford's product. Room 101 is a Ford's brand. Sancho Panza is a general right, product. Right, that's a general product. Right. So, I, 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 thought that was, I thought that was a little cheesy. I, I don't think the PCA should have allowed that, to be honest with you. Um, I think you need to make these companies either be involved or not be involved. Yeah, if you yeah, don't want to yeah. be involved, I respect that opinion, then don't be involved. But I this think the PCA your was own, just... Happy to see anything. <laughs> yeah. well, all right. Well, did anything come of that? Is it, who who is actually in Coop? You'd know better than any of us. Who is actually at the show this year? Is it Forged? Is it General? Is it Room One Hundred One? I mean, how how are they listed as an exhibitor this year? 
So they're going to be listed as Forge, and they're going to take the space that Alex Rodney has. Now I'm losing Coop. Is it just me? Can you hear me? Yeah, yeah. Yes, there you go. Okay. okay. Uh, so it's going to be forged, and they're going to take the Alec Bradley space to 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 do it. Okay, so are they're taking. Okay, is there a forged booth? It's going to be a forged booth. It's going to be an Alec Bradley booth. It's going to be a forged booth. It's going to be a forged booth, and they pretty much announced that they're going to showcase all the brands on the forged, which forged as an entity hasn't been to a PCA trade show or IPCBR before. So it's kind of forges forges first for eight. I've been told General will not be there this year. Now, could we see General stuff in that booth? That's going to be interesting. If they do it again, if I was on the board of the PCA, I'd have a problem with it. I'd say nothing for nothing. You, you've oh, I think I think they should. I agree. If it's going to be a forged booth, make it a forged booth. If we'd love to have you back, if you'd like to come and take a General booth yep. to show your products, yeah. but to sit there and 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 to squeeze your products in through your separate entity i yeah. don't i think it's i don't know now, i don't know where that line gets drawn now ferry ortego was there but they're not davidoff even though they're distributed by davidoff they're not the same company as what I, and then there was no davidoff product at that booth is what nope. i'm talking right nope yeah so because i've heard that argument well ferry ortego, no ferry ortego is completely different and from what i understand when michael made that deal with davidoff he steals I'm supporting the PCA. That was part of the deal from from day one. Well, typically, if you're distributing a brand, you have no say on how that other companies run. All right. you control is how you ship that company's product. So, yep. I don't even think Michael needed Davidoff's permission. Yeah. Well, there's a little interesting. Another company's returning this year. It's a little not really been talked about, but Hoyt and Nicaragua's returning without Drew Estate. Without Drew Estate. Mm. I think it's a good move. Once again, same perfect example. Sure. Hoyt and Nicaragua is not owned by Drew Estate. Doesn't need Jewish State's permission to do anything, and I think it's a good move on Hoya de Nicaragua. Right, I think so too. I mean, they supported Jewish State for a while, but I think you know, and I, I it was yeah, and I talked to Juan about this at the Great Smoke, and, and he was basically saying the same thing. It was time to come back for them. You know, I think it, I think this is a key point that if I was sitting on the PCA board, I would start really having some one-on-one conversations with either Jewish State because a huge portion of the portfolio, a nice portion of the portfolio, is now going to be exhibitor. In general, these guys are primed to come back. They're already some form of their organizations already there with the president. Yep. You know, I mean, you can make the argument of Davidoff too, but not as much as General and 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 uh, Drew Estate. No, and and like I said, my my first pick on who I thought may come back was Altidus. Altidus was mine too. Yeah, but who knows? You know? I was a little I was a little surprised on this. To be honest with you, I still was surprised on this. I didn't see this one coming. I Which thought one? if they, I didn't see Ford's coming. I thought if they were going to do anything, they were going to do exactly what they did last year, kind of sneak some stuff into the Alec Bradley booth. I knew the Alec Bradley booth was it. That's what I was thought, thinking they were going to do. Well, but they, I mean, they made a statement. They made a statement on it. So I think it's the beginning of the, you know them coming back. I mean, look, Coop. When was the when was the acquisition roughly last year of Room One Hundred One? It was in June. It was right before the trade. I think that's the only reason why it wasn't forged last year. No, no organization that I know of has ever taken a booth under one brand that they they own. Yeah, yeah. You know, I think I think that's the only reason they weren't ready to go. Matt already had a booth. Matt already had the room one on one set up. You know, they weren't prepared to have a forged booth, and that's the only reason why it was a room one on one booth last year. If the acquisition was any earlier, where they had time, I believe it would have been a forged booth. 
Yeah, but the fact that they came out and did a joint press release, and they actually both did a press release on this, is telling me I think there was some bridges mended with this, and, and it looks like they're going to go forward. Well, you know, listen, once again, a lot of people talk, a lot of people say shit, but the ratio of percentage of people who act on the shit they say is very slim to none in my experience. So if this date change helps this organization at all, get the big four back in, kudos. That's a move that I say is worthy of the move being made. We'll see next year. We'll know next year. Yeah, but any of these other reasons that I've heard are absolutely preposterous. I I agree. We actually agree again on this. It it is. (laughs) It's scary. We agree. If something is really going to benefit the show within itself, it's a great move. But to say it's a better time of year for retailers, better buying power coming, not being able to leave, all that is just rhetoric. Yeah. Uh, real, real quick, Seth Jones, the answer to your question is uh, until we run out. And uh, we may have overbought a little bit on Beats for the Great Smoke. Oh, God, yes. <laughs> We're going we to be. Yes, there are going to be Beats going in a lot of shipments. I mean, we the, the way we bought Beats, we probably could have gave every attendee 20 to 30 cents of Beats. We so, went so, so just a little background on that. The plan was, I mean, you know, you make plans sometimes you're not able to come through. The plan was kind of where the Abe photo booth was or somewhere in that area. We were going to make a two-story facade that looked like a Bourbon Street building. And we were going to have people propped up like on a second floor just for four hours pitching beads out to people. Um, But for safety reasons, space reasons... That plan never came to fruition. So right. our our method of dumping tons and tons of beads out for four or five hours didn't come through, and they ended up getting handed out by ladies. And we have a lot of beads. So it's going gonna, it's gonna to be a very beady summer this year. So so what right now you're just – anyone who puts an order with smoke in are getting Mardi Gras beads. beads. Okay. Why not? Why not? No, I'm just, I was just wondering. Why not? What are we going to do with them? Right. right. What we're gonna what we're gonna do with them? Well, uh, you know what? See what now? I now I have zero faith that Alters will be the first to come back. <laughs> if, if it's anything like his basketball predictions, don't. I have zero. Him, he's him. he's like Mush from a Bronx Tale, man. I just got we just got oh. screwed. Alan, I need you to answer honestly. Do you think the Fuente Padron will be released this year? Ah, I need oh, to know. No, he, yeah, he's gonna hold on. Play. I need to know because I'll feel a lot better about my bet depending on what he says. Listen, all these people are coming. If you want any of that TGS stickers and beads, or if you're a member of our socialite group, just on your order, put in the comments. Send me some beads. Send me a send me a TGS patch. sticker. Send me, send me a socialite patch. We're we're happy to give that stuff out. We just don't want to send 30 to the same people because some people order a lot. So if you just need some of that stuff, put it in the customer notes section. We're happy to throw it out for you guys. Chris, there you go. I answered your ticket. Just put it in your notes. We have plenty of patches. Oh, God, did I silence Alan Rubin? I don't think so. Uh, He doesn't have it. He's like. Potawatomi Phil or whatever it is. He can't see his own yeah. shadow. Doesn't know. <laughs> Come on. 
Come on. Uh, you have an opinion about everything. I, I right. This is the first time in the it, history of knowing Alan Rubin that he doesn't have an opinion on something. I can't believe it. I can't that's believe just, it. That's just Preston, fear and cowardice. Preston, I'll make you a deal, right? If you send picks to Alan Rubin and send us proof, <laughs> we will not only put in beads, but extra swag in your order. <laughs> All we need is a screenshot of your picks to Alan Rubin. I don't even want to know what the picture is going to be. <laughs> oh, my gosh. Run. <laughs> oh, see, Alan's rooting for me now. I'm screwed. Yeah. Yeah, you're uh, toast. I'm, I'm toast. I'm toast. Get that. Yeah. Uh, thank you. Uh, thank you. Uh, oh, oh, big question for you, Alex, because I'm not, I'm not in charge of this. It's going to be you. You're gonna flood his mailbox with pictures of male titties. I'm gonna tell you right now. <laughs> I mean, all right. Look, here's what I'm gonna. Here's what we do. We got. We got some swag. <laughs> the, the first. <laughs> the first ten people who flood Alan Rubin's inbox, <laughs> and then send me proof. Oh I will God. make sure. You get extra beads and some cool free swag on oh, your next shit. order. The first 10 people. This is an Alex Tavella project. Do not message me about this shit. I'm telling you right now. And you, and you can always reach me on Facebook Messenger. Yes. Yes. First 10, send me proof. Oh, my God. Send Alan pictures. Send oh me the screenshot of it. Shit. And we will make sure. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> you know what oh my god oh shit i'm, I'm gonna i'm gonna do one better because i don't i don't no. want to it to just 10 people i'm gonna do one <laughs> every listen everyone 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 send your pictures to alan rubin send me a screenshot i will then put together a nice collage of them and we will pick the top five winners on KMA. Oh. Send you guys out something are we, nice. Are we going to have a, a broadcast on this and show all the pictures and highlights? We'll and... do it. Yeah, we'll do it during okay. KMA. Like, yeah, we'll make so, a whole show out of it. All so right. It's open to everyone. You don't have to be in the oh first ten, but make it good. <laughs> this could be Keep it so that I can show it on the screen on KMA. Right, right, right. <laughs> so YouTube doesn't flag. But us make it good. Right, oh we don't want to get God. flagged, but and then I'm, I'm look. I want. I don't know if you can see this, but I have messages coming in already. <laughs> <laughs> this could be the best thing of the year right now. <laughs> Holy shit! Oh my gosh! Oh God, Quentin, that is the grossest man breast. <laughs> <laughs> Oh, this is going to be epic. It's starting. It's starting. So, oh my god! <laughs> oh, I don't have the I don't have the Facebook thing open. I should say it's got to be a million smiley faces going up on the fucking screen, man. Oh my oh god, god, I'm dying over here. So we already have two entries. All right, look at this. Look at this. Oh, my oh God! God. <laughs> oh, we got we got to clip this episode here. This is definitely oh man. Hold, write it down, Alex. This is from funny yes. shit. Oh my! This God. Uh, is going to be well worth it. Oh fuck!
Is there a way to block my sister? <laughs> <laughs> We're not going to tell oh, you. <laughs> right. That's oh, right. Oh, this is going to be great. <laughs> <laughs> it's going to be hard to come off of this. <laughs> <laughs> Okay, all right. Oh boy, is Coop dying? <laughs> He's looking down. All he sees. I'm like, I'm like, okay, was... Holy shit! Oh. oh gosh, I gotta okay. fucking take a breath. Okay. Wait, wait, wait! Just to, just to, just to. Uh... <laughs> Thank you, Alan. Thank you for that. Oh, fucking me. <laughs> Holy shit. Coming in hot. <laughs> My stomach hurts, man. <laughs> My stomach muscles hurt. Oh, man. Holy shit. All right. Oh, boy. <laughs> All right, let's depress the mood a little bit here. Let's talk about this chest game. <laughs> yes. Yes. Why is my phone calling? Oh, <laughs> oh, you know what we got to do? Listen, yes. the next week that Paul's not on, we need to do something like this. Just have his phone blow up. Oh, yeah. Not you And Alan knows what's coming in. Yeah. Who, yeah, who, who, said, who said that? Somebody said that. We, we need to do this to Paul, but we need to do it – on the next week, we need to think of something really like he won't listen to the show. He won't even. No, of course not. And just have his phone start blowing up with nobody do it this week. We're going to come up with something. Wait, we'll get, we'll get him good. We're going to get something. We're just just, while he's on the show. No, the next time he's not on the show. All right. We'll have something ready. We'll come up with something really like, I I know what to do. No, no, no. I know what to do. I know what to do. And since he doesn't watch, don't say it. Well, he doesn't watch the show anyway. No, but don't say it now because people start doing it now. Just hold on. No, no, no. It's not them. I don't need them. They can chime in, but I have, I have something better. Do you remember what I did to Adam before? Yeah. Did you do that to Adam? Was that you? Yes. 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 No, but I I like this better because he's wondering why. Actually, this is. Yeah, this yeah, better. Yeah. No, we'll think right, of something so good. Need, so, yeah, we'll think of something good. Yes. Do not and publicly do not publicly give us ideas. We'll come up with yes, something yes. good. Oh, we don't want but to. But the next time out. he's not on the show, which is very viable next week. 
<laughs> we'll figure something out to blow everybody. The Disney trip got to be coming in there too. Blow, blow him up. Easter, oh, my oh wait, God. Easter, Easter Fest or something. He's got maybe. I don't know. Oh, he's got something coming up. <laughs> I, look, he's fifty-fifty any given Saturday. <laughs> oh gosh. All right. So what is this about a chess scandal? Yes. Scandal. So the Smoking Social Chess Club had their first chess cheating scandal. So how? I will tell you. So take it back to, I think it was fall or winter. I put on the first Smoke and Social Chess Club chess tournament. And um, so just to take it back a little bit, started the Smoke and Social Chess Club. It was a, it's a group on a club on chess.com for members of Smoke and Social and friends of ours and people that we know that enjoy cigars and chess. So what spawned from that was a Chess and Cigars Facebook group was also created. I, I was not the creator of that, but it kind of coincided with that. And what that did, fortunately or unfortunately, kind of brought some other people in that we maybe didn't know, I didn't know, weren't friends of anyone's, kind of randoms into the group. But they were all socialites or no? No, not once the uh, Facebook group got started, then people who weren't socialites started joining it. the group. So I put on this, I put on this tournament, um, and, and, um, I put up some prizes. First prize was a $50 gift card. The other one was a, this, this guy who did this guy win a prize. So I will get there. So I will get there. So the tournament started and, and the way the tournament works is it, oh. we were playing what's called daily games, which is each time you make a move, the other person has up to 24 hours to make a move. So it was not a, anything where anybody had time constraints. You know, you can, somebody makes a move, you get a notification. They have time to, they have almost up to a whole day to make another move. You know, you didn't have to be like there, stop what you're doing working. It was an easy way for everybody to play. Um, during the tournament, I was having uh, a conversation with one of uh, the other players that I've come to play a lot. No, well, actually the guy you introduced me on to the, that podcast that time. Oh, Brian's really? Become, yeah, we become really, um, you know, we played, I played over tons of games with this guy. And we both kind of messaged each other and said, do you feel like this guy is a kind of weird, like he always, the games go normal, but then he always seems to make the best moves at the most crucial point every single time. And we were, <laughs> and we both were like, nah. I don't want to be that guy, you know, I don't want to, you know, you don't want to accuse people of cheating and this stuff. We were like, man, it's just really suspicious. This guy makes the best move every time it's in a crucial situation. And so actually I got this information during the great smoke come to find out that this guy who did go on to win the tournament and got a $50 gift card from smoke in. Did he use it? He did use it. Wow. He's also in the Netherlands, no less. Had his, and I'm going to air him out on KMA because that's what we do, had his account closed for fair play, which essentially means chess.com recognized through their algorithms that he was cheating in his games. Wow. So not only was this guy cheating during our event, but he also took away a $50 gift card from the second place winner who probably would have won the tournament if not for his cheating. So I don't know that anal beads were involved, but funny. This guy did cheat, and the way you cheat in a situation like that online is you take the current position that the game is in, you load it into a computer database, and then the database will give you the best move to make in that specific situation. So yes, 
we were the victim of our first cheating scandal. Credit to chess.com uh, for being able to uh, fish that out. And, um, and, and look, it, it, it's, it's, you know, it's sometimes very easy to see if you can see it, this picture here, like when you see accuracy, sco- accuracy scores of 93. 93%, 93%, 90, you know, to make the best moves 90% of the time, 93% of the time consistently in every game is a little bit of a red flag. And they have other, their algorithms are really good in the way that they, 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 they look so, at the amount of time. Curious, have you looked to see if he's ever ordered again, or is that the only order he ever placed with us? No, it's the only order ever. It was his first order. And, uh, I was going to say we could send him a little like cheater trophy, you know. Right. And it's could. I mean, it had, you know, if he wasn't in the Netherlands, it's not even worth shipping to the Netherlands. No, no, no. Yeah, but if he placed an order, I'd throw oh, it. Oh, yeah, there. yeah. I highly doubt it. I think he knows he's been outed. Wow. Yes. So we were the victims of our. He ordered uh, like a cutter or something from. from uh, the website Brian Lewis, um, which I guess is smart because he doesn't ha- didn't have to worry about customs. But he was outed, and uh, you know we move on. It happens, cheating happens. Of course, there was a huge chess cheating scandal early in the year, and we happened to be victim of one ourselves. Wow. Dan Lemus says it's time for another tournament. Yeah, it is time for another tournament soon. But Dan, what you're not paying attention, we we have vote chess games going on all the time, which is what chess. If vote chess. So what happens is our club will play another club, right? And the same thing. It's kind now of when you say our club. Is this a socialite club or is this another club? No, the smoking social chess club. And what okay. I'll do is I, I will I will put out a challenge so the smoking social chess club will get pinned against another. Chess.com has clubs, almost like the Facebook version of groups. Cool. And what will happen is it's the same thing. It's a twenty four hour clock, but their club will make a move. Where am I getting Where feedback I from? I'm getting super feedback. I'm like, I hear everything fine. I'm getting super feedback. Uh, who are you hearing? You, yourself? I hear myself hear back from you. You have your speaker on? Lower it a little bit. How about now? Hello. Better. A little okay. better. I can still hear. All right. So what will happen is there, our club will vote. on. Everybody gets to vote on the move. Oh, right, so really? Right. And whatever move gets the most votes is the move that our team makes. So it can it can get it can get you know interesting little and we can comment and we can chat on it you know before we actually make the move and a lot of times what we try to do is talk to each other in the chat before everybody votes for the move but you get different opinions I know Ken Kent Simon's been been someone who's played in every one and uh, it's it's fun it's frustrating sometimes because your move may not be the move that you know everybody winds up picking and you kind of got to you know it's one of those team things where you got you got to go with the team it may not have been your um may not have been your decision but you got to go with whatever the majority of the team went so it's fun are you still getting the reverb nope you're good yeah i popped in and out you're good well coop are you back are you good yeah i'm, I'm back. back all yep. right well now that you're back it's perfect timing because it's time to see what is going on in the industry this week, it's time for the scoop with Coop. Hey, yo, what's my theme music? The scoop with Coop. Breaking industry news. Hear it first on KMA Talk Radio and cigar-coop.com. All right. Coopa. There we go. All right. Um, I think we just kick it off with the uh, STG releases of the week. Yes. So, so we have to, we have to make up for two. Okay. Weeks. So listen, do we know how many weeks straight this is? Because we need to keep a running total here. 
I don't. So we, we've missed a couple weeks of the show, but they have not. They I have think not. it's going to recap a little bit. Yeah. Wow. Yep. So last week, um, they announced a uh, new release under the Partagas brand, which falls on the Fords. It's called Partagas de Bronze. Um, and it's a cigar being made in the uh, U.S. at El Titan de Bronze. So uh, they spelled it differently. Yeah, they spelled it. It's the Spanish uh, word version they used of it. So Prodigus de Bronze they used. That's actually a nice looking box. It is. It's a it nice, nice looking, looking box. box. Um, I'm actually really interested in this cigar. It's a uh, one size, a six and a quarter uh, by 46 Corona Gorda, which is a really nice size. Um, and uh, it's going to be. Um, is that a 10 count? I hope it's a 10 count. 10, ten count boxes. Yeah, all Nicaraguan tobacco uh, highlighted by Corojo wrapper. Um, not gonna be a cheap cigar, twenty two ninety nine. But you know, when you make something in the U.S., it's twenty two dollars each. Oof, oof. Yeah. like Alex, get, Alex likes to say, oof, yeah. oof. And, but oof. It, it's listen, it's never cheap coming out of El Titan. But nope. their 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 quality. My, my only my only take on this is they've been doing a lot of stuff out of El Titan lately. They did a um, they did the Gloria. They did a Gloria last year, and they've been doing the Cohiba Serie M's. I, now I'm just wondering if they're going to the well too many times with this. Um, you know, and I think the Partagas brand, I understand they want to try to jumpstart it. I'm just not sure this is going to be the way to do it, but we'll see. I do like the packaging on this. Listen a lot. Me, I, I think it was, I think it was great. I think it was great that they use Sandy. I think it's good for any brand. The problem is it didn't have to be a $22 cigar. Well, you know, we, we made it, we made uh, it, our 25th anniversary cigar was made there and it's just under $15. Yeah. You know, so you can't tell me it had to be a $22 cigar. No, no. I mean, I understand it's going to be. Because more, I had to buy it from a company who bought it from her. Right. Right. So you're going through two layers. To do right. So let's just do some math here, folks. So yeah. if you really wanted to revitalize that brand, make it at the Epic Factory, but price it where more people would try it. Yeah. Yeah, and that's actually cheaper than the Cohiba. The Cohiba that they uh, they announced the Cohiba. Listen, Cohiba is a flag mark premier line for them i yeah. mean it, it, if you want that to be your top oh, shelf yeah, yeah that's fine okay Partagas has never been that yeah no i, I agree mean, they, they, you know they have certain ones over the years like the decadence and stuff like that but if you really try to do it man make it reasonable because i got a feeling if it's coming out of that factory it's going to be a great cigar why not put it in as many hands as people as possible you're not going to do that at a 22 dollars price point no it's going to be it's gonna be tough. I mean, like I said, Cohiba. They they've had some success with the Cohiba release, but there's a market for Cohiba, as you're saying. Sure, it's a name. I mean, it's, yeah. it's got a history, it, and it's known. You know, it, it's their you know Rolls Royce supposedly of their front marks. Yeah, yeah, agree. What else you got going on, Koopa? All right, this week uh, news from a company called Epic Cigars, which I think we're all familiar with. Uh, that's a brand. Um, Dean Parsons' brand that he um, now he actually sold that brand. I was gonna say it's not still his brand anymore, is it? It's not, but he still kind of oversees Epic. Like, so Epic still kind of operates as a standalone under this. Um, the company I bought it was Xander Gregg, which is a distribution company, but he's still Epic's still a, a, a an entity under it. Um, I don't want to say subsidiary, but it's a brand under it. Um, so Dean's still doing stuff with that, and he is, um, he has a project with a company called Big Golf, B-I-G-G Golf, and they're creating a cigar called the Big Stick, 
which is a cigar that's going to be geared towards golfers. Um, I think we're going to be seeing a lot more of these types of projects now. Um, especially you know, I, lifestyle I, projects. I think we're going to see a lot of these now. This is not a new niche that manufacturers have tried to right. break into. Never really seen it take off. You know, I mean, look, here's the thing. Golfers smoke. Um, but I don't think they care about a golf-branded cigar or a golf-themed cigar, you know. Yeah, we'll see what happens with I that. I mean, it'll be interesting to see how if Big Golf markets it to a point, you know, I think Big Golf may be looking to try to be a lifestyle brand, it looks like. So, But I think they're going to need the help from that end for a project like this to succeed. If you could figure out a way to connect with golfers and make it a lifestyle brand, that's great. But that's it. That's a huge endeavor. If you want to build a lifestyle brand, yep. man, it's not a let's just throw it out there and it happens. Yep. Yeah. No, I agree. So we'll see what happens. But, you know, Dean does some pretty good cigars. So we'll see what happens with this. Oh, what I else do you got going on? I missed. I missed. It. Oh, we with that. So we missed an STG release. We have to go back. This oh. week, there were, this week, there were two announcements made. Um, by STG. Um, and they announced they're not doing one. What is this pace that they have that's ridiculous going on? <laughs> I don't know. I don't know. It's, um, you know, it's, you know, they used to do a lot at the trade show. They do like 20 releases at the trade show, 30 releases at the trade show. Now they're spreading it out throughout the whole year, it seems. Like. Is that what's going on? Yeah. Yep. But they decided they want to be part of the Elite TAA series. Um, and they decided not to do one, but they decided they're going to do two TAA cigars. Really? So, yeah. So they're doing a La Gloria 2023 TAA exclusive. And get this, Sancho Panza is going to have a TAA exclusive. That's barely made it back alive yet. They basically I, I, I can both yet. Yep. Jesus uh, Christ. You know, and it was interesting. because You know, the problem with this is it really takes <laughs> away from legitimate, really, I don't want to say it's illegitimate, but it just dilutes the water, it dilutes the pool of it, having it, something special as a TA cigar. It it really is. And, you know, I don't know. It's like the Gloria one, for example, they said it's a cigar they had at their Honduras factory for four years. Um, Gloria's not even made in Honduras. It's made in, in the Dominican Republic for the most part. So they found something in the factory for four years, and now they're going to release it as a TA cigar. That's the problem I've seen with the TA cigars. That's how it's been treated. It's becoming more like a Caldwell lost and found exercise. Not about some companies do a very good job. Like I think LaFleur puts a lot of effort into it. Pete Johnson and Crown Heads. But you know, some of these other ones, I just gotta question what they're doing right now. Well, let me ask you this. Does the Alec Bradley TAA release technically count as an STG release as well? That's, that's been around for a while, that one, believe it or not. Yeah, they they that's more they've done that one before for the TAA the illicit we were talking about. So we could, if it's coming back, maybe we could say that. But I think that one, that one's I know has been around for a while because I've reviewed that cigar. Wow. Fair enough. Yeah. Fair enough. So, yeah, that's, um, yep. But um, I'm not going to, you know, I'm not going to talk about the other. We're cutting back on our, by the way, Cigar Coop has made a decision. We're significantly cutting back on TAA coverage uh, going forward. Because it's not, it's not nothing news anymore. I mean, it's, it's nothing like... news, and and we don't see a lot of interest from our readers on it. And I was making the point. I think this came up when Alex was on the show. I think the TGS, and I'm not just saying this because I'm on the show. 
the TGS exclusives and the smoking micro blends have more buzz than the TA cigars. Well, I think it's like you said, Cooper, a lot of them, and, and it's not just us, but I think the overall feeling is that it's almost like they're just checking a box. Here's a right. release. Here's yeah. A, yeah. 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 So, so just as a little teaser, speaking of micro blend cigars, I am uh, just going to tease something out here during Coop's no teaser, rumor free. Thanks, Abe. <laughs> <laughs> but May, I'm going to eventually say sometime late May, maybe. Um, is probably going to be one of the most exciting for me, like in a long time, micro blend releases. We have a very wild and very cool micro blend release coming out in late late May, which uh, people start hearing around, you know, the next few weeks might start seeing some videos talking about it. We texted about it while I was away, Alex. We did. I'm very excited about it. this. Was an idea yes. that was conceived what over two years ago, right, Alex? Yes, yes. got to be over two years when we thought of this idea. Yes. It's going to be a very, I think this is going to have this is going to be probably one of the biggest buzzed micro blends that we've had in a while. So, I agree. I agree. You're right. Yeah, because it's just it's going to have such a relevance because of what it is just on the outset. It won't be such an unknown. So, it's going to be cool. Very excited about it. Nice. Who's making it? Well, that would just give, that would just give too much away. Okay. <laughs> News is coming I, though. I gotta ask. I gotta ask the question. We got pictures of finished boxes while okay. I was gone. They're in transit. Hopefully, be in transit soon, and uh, we will start talking about this one very early. Maybe even get some out to people to some of our media people to try beforehand. They should, yeah. Nice. If it's. Yeah. Anything like the samples we smoked a while back, man. I'm super excited about this one. Nice. All right, Coop, continuing on. Uh, two more two more things. It is not about. the Tatuaje Anarchy. That's, that's not a new micro blend. That's just a different project. So people are talking about that. It's not that at all. Okay. Um, this is this is the first time we've done a micro blend with this company, yes? Yes. Yeah, first time. All right, give it to me, Coop. Give it to me. All right, uh, two other announcements. This one was one that I was pretty excited about. Uh, Altidus has a new Monte Cristo 1935 anniversary cigar. It's called the Monte uh, Cristo 1935 Edition Diamante. Um, this is another Monte Cristo being made at AJ Fernandez's factory. And the story behind this is when they were creating the original Monte Cristo 1935, they were working on this other blend. But uh, they thought it had potential, but they kind of put it on the side, and then they decided to rework it. And that typically happens with a lot of releases. And now they're releasing this as the Diamante. Uh, Nicaraguan Puro, that's going to be offered in three sizes. Pricing's going to go from $16.42 to $26 in change. I don't know if this was the cigar that Raphael was talking about with the TGS release. It is. It, it, it is. is. So, okay, it is. so if you ordered a box of the Monte Cristo TGS release, okay. you received compliments of Raphael, now, one of these cigars. Now, has that cigar shipped out yet, Coop? Not yet. Okay, so just so you know, we do have some of those Monte It was the last release. It was delayed. Uh -huh. the, 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 the boxes have come in, shipped out to everybody. We do still have some of those left, and Raphael was nice enough to give us a stick for every one of those. So if you haven't got it, 
and you'd still like to get a box of the special Monte Cristo that Raphael created for the Great Smoke, you will get a free one of those sticks. It's available on the site. Just search Monte Cristo TGS and it'll come up and you will still be able to be one of the first ones to get one of those new Monte Cristo Diamantes. Oh, wow. Along with that box. Nice. Nice. Um, Way to go. Way to go with that. Yes. So that's great. That's great. That's a win-win for people on that. I wasn't sure if that was... I was going to ask, I wasn't sure if that was the, the cigar or not. That's why I was asking that. Because it, it, it seemed like it was, a, even for a Monte Cristo, pretty highly priced. That's why. So, uh, and yeah, you, we saw the pictures. Raphael actually showed me these pictures down at the um, Pro Cigar. And I'm like, uh, really, really nice job they've done. It. So, I'm excited about that. Yeah, I haven't I haven't tried one yet. Because I want to make sure we have one for every box that gets sold. But it's something yeah. I'm definitely looking forward to trying. Nice, nice, nice. Anything else you got going on, Koopa? Uh, one last thing. Uh, there was news out of Camacho this week. Uh, they have a new release coming out, the Camacho Factory Unleashed 3. So they've been doing this every year. They've been doing this um, more of a value price Camacho um, that features a shagged foot on these. Um, they either come in 10-count bundles or these 100-count boxes. So the 100-count boxes, I think, more for brick and mortar. The bundles, I guess, are more for e-commerce. Um, this year's the Factory Unleashed 3 is going to be a uh, Mexican San Andreas Maduro um, version of that. One size 6x50 Toro. So they, they've been doing this every year. It's a one-and-done release. They do. uh, these are these are one-and-done? Yeah. I was, was going to say, like, how, how many hundred-count boxes can a retailer have on their game? Exactly. Shelf? Exactly. They're one-and-done. So like that, the, the previous two were the same boat with that. One of my epic times of being wrong. Literally, the first time I saw the Edge box, I literally said, who the fuck is going to put this on their shelves? This is so absurd. When when Rocky first came out with the Edge and I saw it at the trade show, I'm like, you want me to order two, two of these and put them on my shelf, like four feet of space? This is crazy. Yeah, what the hell did I know? Epic wrong moment by Abe. Yeah, I mean, if it's in a value range, I guess, you know. Getting that size of box, we had just never seen that. That when Rocky did it with the Edge was the first time I I had seen it. I don't remember seeing it before that. So, you know, kudos to Rocky being ahead of the curve. Yeah. Anything else you got going on, Cooper? That's it this week. All right. I like that Rocky created his own shelf tree for the Edge One Hundred. Oh, Alan, always so good with your comments. All right. That being said. I don't know what week it was. Let me see. Is it season? Well, forget the week. Season it's six, number six. Season six, number six. It's time for Tale of the Tape. Now, before we start, I just want to say kudos to Nick Fatino. Uh, made I, a post. Made a post. Got early you, Abe. Got, got you. Me. Got you. Bro, got everybody. Early. Hold on. You he got everybody. Early. It was early. It was early. Tired. I knew that picture was fake, but you know, I figured maybe he didn't capture the moment. It's not like you got a camera ready when you propose. And then everybody was saying congratulations. And I even said, "Do I know this person?" You know, whatever. And then we're driving here. My son was in the car. He goes. Dad, you know it's April Fool's today. I'm like that cocksucker. Oh, I, I Nick right away. Nick, Nick, Nick. Well done. He he Good got job, a Nick. lot of people. 
Got us all early in the morning. Very well done, sir. All right. Season six, Tale of the Tape. Take take the floor, Mr. Tavella. All right. So season six, Tale of the Tape. We are going through the top heartthrobs. Everyone kind of has their own criteria. Um, let's start with Abe, who's... <laughs> <laughs> it wasn't me. I didn't, it was Alex. So, <laughs> um, well, while we're here, I guess we should start with this first heartthrob, our friend, our friend Wes. Who is, <laughs> <laughs> who is heartthrobbing Alan Rubin? This, this is so priceless, man. Oh, my God. His phone's got to be blowing up. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. So, Abe, um, who've kind of gone, you know, you and Coop kind of gone down your own personal road of heartthrob. So let's kick it off with you. So, I, you know, look, when we first did this, I, I really had a hard time. So I just started a, a, a list of people and, you know, I, mean, I couldn't even number them. So, like, literally right before the week, I just look and say, all right, she's next. And, you know, something about this chick drives me nuts. And before she was Wonder Woman, it's Gal Gadot. She is hot. Great. I, look at that, man. This girl is stunning. I love her just whole thing, the accent, the whole thing. She does it for me. Definitely a, a heartthrob, in my opinion, prior to even Wonder Woman. Gal Gadot, very good. I never thought anyone could top Linda Carter, but you're right. Oh, God. Yeah. yeah she was. Right, I mean, Linda was right, great in her day day. But right. just, yeah. Yeah. You know what? She's hot in a way. That I think you could say I, w- I could run into this girl because you know you see those hot girls like I'm never right. running into somebody right. like yeah you know? but I, it makes you feel like you could run into a Gal Gadot. All right, so for my pick number six again, I'm going down the hip hop and R&B genre. I chose Ashanti for number six. Ashanti mm. was kind of the the queen of the uh, the hip hop sing along era, probably um, most prominently done in a video she did, which kind of reenacted uh, Greece. In, in one of her songs. So uh, Shanti, just she really had like that hometown kind of girl vibe. Do we do we bother with Paul? I Why mean, not? here. Why here. not? Here. Who is this? <laughs> <laughs> I think it's um, Magura or something from Hercules. Oh, my gosh. That big nose. You know, you know what's you know what's funny is is he's actually enjoying doing this. <laughs> oh wait, 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 ready? Okay, so he sends it to me, right? I'm gonna read this. Sends me the picture. I say, okay, I don't hate it. His response, <laughs> Paul's response. <laughs> she looks like <laughs> she looks like she'd be wild. Might smack you around a little. Oh my god. <laughs> My only response was, you're a oh sick my, person. He is a sick person. <laughs> yeah, oh, absolutely. my gosh. Oh, my gosh, Paul. Oh, God. All right, Coop, what do you got? All right, we have our first repeat heartthrob yes. um, to appear on both lists. And uh, Abe had this one last week. I have her this week, Megan Fox. Yeah, um, look at listen, that. Listen, mm. sultry, hot mom. Um, it's. I mean, I've been doing a lot from – the earlier days of my life but this is like from my dirty old man phase i'll just say <laughs> yeah um you just can't go wrong with this look at her um yep. you know there's a she's she's been in the news this week because i guess there's a, a couple of people on tiktok were like doppelgangers of her 
that have been showing up. Oh, really? Yeah, I kind of noticed that this week. Um, so that's been coming up a lot. Yeah. <laughs> that, that is... This could be the funniest show I've had in years. Oh, my goodness. Oh, my gosh. Oh. Those pictures in the, the <laughs> All right, this is good. <laughs> wow. Actually, Megan Fox might be qualified now. These days. Listen, keep those pictures coming to Alan Rubin, by the way. Oh, Absolutely. my gosh. Absolutely. Once Absolutely. again. I, I wasn't now. Yeah, keep those pictures coming to him. Well, send you know, your best me. photos to Alan Rubin and send me a screenshot. We in, have, I was going to his defense, in his defense, right? I mean, he, Alex did create this, but what people are forgetting is Alex is getting a picture for everyone that's getting sent. <laughs> right, right. I'm getting the white chair, yeah, Alex I'm is taking, uh, Alex is I'm taking a little bit of here. <laughs> I am thoroughly enjoying this. Oh, my gosh. Well, that is tail of the tape, our pick six. We don't have a leaderboard, do we? Uh, no, we don't have a leaderboard. All right. That, we'll get one next week. That is tail of the tape, season six, number six. We're down to the last five, right? Yeah. We're, yeah, next we're going to the top five. Uh, man, I got to start looking at my list, figuring out who's really going to make the top five. Whew. All right. In uh, in traditional fashion, <laughs> wait to hear my question. <laughs> it was like the purpose, per- perfect episode for this question. Oh, my God. But, but is Vince Benetti still on? <laughs> I, I, I'm gonna I'd like to hear his response to this week. I don't know. I don't know. Would you rather? But in epic fashion, our closing with time to uh, by the sponsored by the fine folks over at Gurkha Scars to find out. Would you rather? I have one would you rather question for both of you gentlemen and to all our fans out there, feel free to respond. Uh, question is pretty much, well, I guess it could be for men or women, actually, technically. Um, I'm pretty sure Vince Benet is still on his question. His answer would be probably he'd like to do both. But would you rather have a colonoscopy or a Brazilian wax? The silence is perfect. <laughs> um, I, I, I Alex is probably to... too young to even have experienced a colonoscopy at this point. Not, not yet. But I, I'm gonna, I'm gonna have to go with a colonoscopy. Um, it, it, at least there's like medical reason for it. Uh, I mean, <laughs> uh, <laughs> you know what I mean? Like at least I can justify it that way. I, I don't see any. any... Now, I'm sure. I'm sure some smart people will say, you know, the Bra- it depends who's giving the Brazilian wax. But I will tell you this: it's irrelevant. I <laughs> agree. Have you ever been waxed anywhere on your body? I man? mean, look, it's some painful shit. Look, I've ha- have you ever? <laughs> Tom Pauser. <laughs> I mean, 
have you ever had to like every once in a while I get I get an eyebrow hair that kind of grows a little weird and I gotta pull a tweezer and like pull it out and it is like the most excruciating like like head ringing thing like I just feel it through my body I don't know that I can like go for this whole wax where like it all comes out at once with the rip when I was in my 20s someone convinced me to go get my back waxed I'm telling you the truth I went into you know I used to get manis so I used to get manicures so the Asian woman went and took me into a room and started waxing my back and on the first trip, I screamed like a child. I was like, what the fuck was that? And these are people all hearing me and stuff like that. Probably by the third pull, I just got up and said, oh, I walked around. And I just, I had probably these patches missing from my back for months until the rest of it grew in. So, yeah, I don't know how women do it. You know, I see my wife waxing our girls all the time or whatever. I, it is. And, and the colonoscopy ain't no fun. I remember my first one. I didn't even know what was happening. I was having some kind of illness. I went to the ER, female doctor comes in, tells me to roll on my side, doesn't tell me what's going on. And next thing I know, she gave me a colonoscopy. I was like, what? I mean, what saying, least, without warning. Without warning. justify this with some medical purpose. Coop, you didn't give us an answer, by the way. Um, I am Coop's still thinking. Col- <laughs> no, I'm on the colonoscopy. Look, um, I've been through a colonoscopy already. It's, it's not painful because you, you just don't remember any of it. it I mean, hold on, hold on. Up what it, hold on. Okay, I'm I'm not talking about the ones where you put you to sleep. All right, I'm talking about the ones where you're wide awake, and the doctor shoves his fucking finger up your ass and starts it's, feeling your colon out. It it is a memorable experience. I assumed okay. No, not the medical one where you go in and you check it. It is like you know you're walking in the doctor's office. He starts slapping on the big glove in front of you. That's a prostate exam. And if you got that big Italian doctor with mammoth hands, you already start crying a little bit inside. No. Oh, that that changes my answer. I'm going to Brazilian. Yeah, prostate exam. I'm sorry, Michael. Prostate exam. Yeah. I I think that's called the colonoscopy too, but I'm prostate exam. That's fine. Oh, prostate, right. just a basic prostate exam. They're not going in your colon. I'm back again. I'm, it's not. That's not that bad. I'll have. I I'll do that over a Brazilian. All right. Excuse. Excuse my terminology. I am sorry, folks. Okay. Prostate exam. Okay. I'm still. I'll go with the prostate. There's still some medical benefit. Yeah, to I, it, I've, to I've gone sense. through. Yeah, I, I've gone through it. It's it's quick compared to the Brazilian, which is. But you come out much nicer and cleaner looking with a Brazilian. I don't. For who? I mean, I mean, what what can I do? What easier wiping? I mean, what can I justify this? <laughs> yeah. well, there you have it, folks. The best way to start your Saturday. We hope you enjoyed another episode of uh, this week of KMA Talk Radio. Uh, we'll be back next week. Uh, join us on Facebook, please. Join our smoking social <laughs> Facebook group. God. <laughs> and keep a lookout <laughs> for, uh, I'm sure, updates by Alex Tavala for the uh, Alan Rubin. Uh, I, I, we got to come to a title for this thing. Once again, folks, I just want to announce this again. We are running a special we're going to do a promotion. This is a raffle. Send your best Mardi Gras photo to Alan Rubin and then send me a screenshot and we are going to play them on air and a couple people will win some cool prizes. And, and, and there you have it, folks. Until next week, everybody, keep it lit.